Welcome to Club Core, an interdisciplinary podcast exploring science stories. I'm your host, Dr. Angel Core, an assistant professor of neuroscience at UNC Asheville. Each episode of this podcast is created by undergraduate students enrolled in one of my courses. So join us as we delve into a variety of topics with one simple goal, to get it less wrong. It's almost Halloween, so this week, we bring you a crossover story of neuroscience and horror. Undergraduate freshmen Ian and Simon set out to find what makes horror music so frightening to us and why it makes movies even more scary. This is a video podcast, so head to clubcord.com slash podcast slash episode seven to watch if you dare. For those listening, here's episode seven, Terrifying Tones. Fear. It's everywhere. But specifically in horror movies. But specifically in horror movies. But the question begs to be asked. What's a scary movie without scary music? But what makes scary music so scary? And why is it so essential to horror cinema? And what is the meaning of life? That's... that's not... These are all questions we will answer today. The... the, the first two. Get ready to be scared! Now, our first subject. How is scary music made? Suffice it to say, we probably didn't invent music to be scary, but at some point along the way we realized that certain techniques would give us something rather unpleasant, or in some cases, terrifying. In our research, we explored three elements of music that could be used to create a disturbing effect. Pitch, timing, and disharmony. First, let's discuss pitch. The pitch of a sound is how high or low it is. Pitch changes throughout a melody, either going up or down, and is a key component of music. As we've developed the art of music, we now have very distinct expectations for pitch in melodies. For example, when we hear a low note, we typically expect it to be followed by another note of a similarly low pitch, and high notes by notes of a similarly high pitch. I mean, if that wasn't the case, playing the piano would be way harder. We expect repetition in pitch. We often enjoy a melody more if the same pitch, or series of pitches, is repeatedly being used. We also expect to hear actual notes, A, A-sharp, B, etc., not just random frequencies. Music is more likely to be unpleasant when these rules are broken. As shown by Sarah A. Suave and her colleagues in their 2018 study, when participants listen to music with more unruly changes in pitch, such as a melody suddenly jumping from lower notes to higher notes, or a melody with two sequences of notes, one after the other, that are almost identical, except for a few notes that differ in pitch, the participants rated the music as more unexpected and unpleasant than music with more predictable pitch. This kind of reminds me of Death Grips. The impact of dramatic alterations in pitch can be seen in many horror soundtracks, such as Colin Stetson's score for the 2018 film Hereditary. Throughout the piece titled Leia's Things, the pitch of the melody transitions drastically, 
between groaning low tones and shrill high notes. These huge leaps in pitch demand a reaction from the audience. When we talk about the timing of a song, we mean the amount of time between the beginning of each note. Just like pitch, we have certain norms for the timing of music. One of the most basic rules for the timing of a melody is that it adheres to a beat, a consistent unit of time that serves as a measure for the length of every note. The time between two notes can be one beat, two beats, or one-fourth of a beat. In the same 2018 study by Sarah A. Suave and her colleagues, they found that participants who listened to melodies with less predictable timing rated the pieces as more unpleasant as well as less calm and more stimulating. Suffice to say that the unexpected nature of the timing led the listeners to feel more on edge in anticipation of each note. Can you just, like, bump some death grips? Unpredictable lengths of time between notes is extremely common in horror music. Sometimes, the timing of a horror score is so chaotic that it's difficult to discern whether it's written to a beat at all. Such as seen in Company from Disaster Pieces soundtrack for It Follows. More usage of unpredictable timing can be heard in Polymorphia by Christoph Benderecki from the soundtrack of The Shining. In this section of the piece, rapidly played notes can give an ambiguity to the rhythm of the song, while louder notes play between unnervingly long pauses that get progressively shorter at a capricious rate. Interesting example of the unsettling effects of unexpected timing that we found was this video, titled Me Channel, but all the pauses are uncomfortably long. The unpredictable length of each pause, as the title suggests, creates a creeping discomfort in the listener. What's perhaps least surprising is that disharmony is a displeasure to any listener. All right, class. In music, three or more notes played simultaneously is what's known as a chord. Chords are a major part of most music and different... Simon! Put your phone away! And different chords have a huge effect on the feeling of a piece. Humans have a strong natural preference for harmonious or consonant chords. Consonant chords are made up of notes that sound pleasing together. Allow me to give an example. On the other hand, chords can also have a disharmonious or dissonant sound. This can occur by using notes that are too similar in tone or by using chords that are out of key from the rest of a piece. To give some examples... Stop! One was enough! Using these dissonant sounds... 
Using these dissonant sounds, such as of a strange chord, out of key, or just unexplainably rough, is one of the most effective ways to put a listener on edge. Simon, so help me God, turn off that keyboard. Ann J. Blood and her colleagues completed a study in 1999 that exemplifies how drastically disharmony can affect the listener. In their study, participants were played six music passages. The key difference in each piece was the amount of dissonance. When asked to rate each passage as pleasant or unpleasant, the level of dissonance directly affected their answers. The more dissonant, the more unpleasant. The more consonant, the more pleasing. PET scans from the participants confirmed their ratings. Many became more physically on edge when the unpleasant music was played. The unpleasant sound of disharmony can be perfect for delivering that something is definitely off feeling that's present in so many horror films. Yet another example of a creepy atmosphere being created by breaking the norms of music. Stop. Now to our second question. Why does scary music make scary movies so much more scary? From our research, we were able to identify two overall ways in which scary music adds to a horror movie experience. First, we see more fear, and second, we feel more fear. Our first point has to do with a concept called priming. According to Psychology Today, priming is a phenomenon in which exposure to a stimulus such as a word or image, influences how one responds to a subsequent related stimulus. As a simple example, let's say your friend is showing you a song he just listened to. He says, hey, listen to this. You listen, and you think it's fairly okay. But let's backtrack and say that when your friend decided to show you the song, he said, oh my god, this song is god-awful. It's trash. This song is so bad, but I need you to listen to it just so you can understand why I hate it so much. Please listen to this awful, terrible song. There's a chance you'll still like it, but less likely than in the first scenario. Because your friend smack-talked the song before you heard it, you listened to it with the expectation that it would be bad. In this case, you would be primed to be more critical. So, what does this mean for the characters in scary movies? Basically, when we see the reactions of the characters to frightening events, the music we hear will influence the emotions that we interpret. Just like how characters' scared faces are used to make a scary monster look more scary, frightening music is used to make those characters' frightened faces look more frightened. In 2011, Zhang Wanjiang and his colleagues published a study that looked at how happy or sad faces would appear to people that were listening to happy or sad music. The results were simple. Sad music made the faces appear more sad and less happy, and happy music made the faces appear less sad and more happy. Music was clearly influencing the viewer's understanding of what they saw. In an earlier study, Su Lan Tan and her colleagues found that when music of a particular emotion, such as happy or fearful, was played before or after videos of actors with neutral emotions, the participants interpreted the characters they saw to have the emotions of the music they heard. These studies corroborate the idea that frightening music will lead to us to interpret a character to be more fearful, even if we can't even see their face.
Now, on to our second finding, that when we hear scary music, it makes what we see more scary to us. The Roles of Superficial Amygdala and Auditory Cortex in Music-Evoked Fear and Joy by Stefan Kelsch et al. is a 2013 study that looked at what's happening in our brains when we listen to music that is joyful or fearful. They used fMRI scans to determine what parts of the brains were activated by listening to this music. While they made many findings, what's most insightful for us is their finding that communication between parts of the brain responsible for audio and visual processing increased when listening to fearful music. Their interpretation was that as our brain heard the frightening music, our visual alertness was being increased. The brains of the participants were literally anticipating danger in reaction to the sound. This helps explain why horror music can be so effective in that it genuinely makes us anticipate to be more scared, whether if we see something we know to be dangerous or something more ambiguous in nature. In another study by Berthold Heckner and his colleagues in 2011, they actually investigated how their participants felt about what they were seeing while they listened to emotional music. The researchers showed clips of characters with emotionally ambiguous faces cut with equally neutral shots, representing what these characters were supposedly looking at. As participants watched the videos, they either listened to melodrama music, no music, or thriller music. They then asked how the participants felt about the characters that they saw. When participants listened to thriller music, they found the characters to be less likable in contrast to participants who listened to melodramatic music or no music at all. Rude. Later, when participants were asked to recall the emotions of the characters in each clip, according to the researchers, the frequency of emotions recalled from clips with thriller music was in agreement with the general musical schema of suspense and impending danger. Yeah, I... I think he's quite threatening to the macaroni. These findings go to show that tense music can not only make a character appear more in danger, but make them appear more dangerous as well. In contrast to those who listened to melodramatic music, who showed significant empathy for the characters in each video, participants who listened to thriller music or no music at all expressed more of an inability to understand the emotions of the ambiguous-faced people, indicating a sense of distrust. Yeah, I really don't trust this guy. If I saw him walking down the street, I'd cross over to the other side. This similarity between thriller music and the absence of music might provide some insight into the frequent usage of silence in many horror movie moments. Such as this tense dinner scene from Hereditary, where each of the characters are interested in anything but revealing their true thoughts. You okay, Mom? What? Is there something on your mind? Is there something on your mind? It just seems like there might be something you want to say. Yeah. Like what? I mean, why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? So to recap, what makes horror music so scary is a combination of unpredictable and dramatic changes in pitch and timing, as well as an abundance of disharmony. 
And what makes horror music so good at making movies more scary is it accentuates the emotions of fear we see in the characters, activates our own fear responses, and makes us consider what we're seeing to be something more worth getting frightened about. Club Core is produced by a multidisciplinary team of students at UNC Asheville. This episode was researched, scripted, filmed, and hosted by Ian O'Brien and Simon Hirsch as part of a neuroscience fiction in film class project during fall 2019. Ian and Simon did all their own editing and sound engineering. Jessica Fox wrote our theme music. Special thanks to staff at the UNC Asheville Media Design Lab for their assistance, and thank you for listening. You can find show notes, including links to the research discussed in this episode at clubcore.com slash podcast slash episode seven. If you like this episode, please share, subscribe, and review. And if you have a question you'd like us to explore, drop us a line. You can find me, Angel Core, on all the socials at Club Core. We'd love to tell your science stories so we can all get it less wrong. Until next time. <laughs>